Hello, this is episode five of season three. Now, when you're first starting out on your project, you're generally looking for a designer or a builder or for both, and you're trying to find one that fits you and your project needs. And it can be tricky to know just how much to say, whether to admit that you really don't know what you're doing, and working out how much information to give away in those initial conversations. And so this episode is all about how to have those first conversations with your potential designer or builder. Let's go. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Our Get It Right podcast partner this season is Kiko LED. So Kiko LED is customizable DIY LED strip lighting that you can order online to your specifications for your needs and your project. So perhaps you've been looking for that integrated designed lighting solution and you found it really hard to access as a one-off for your project. It's expensive to get made to order or it requires your electrician to do a bunch of work on site to make it happen. But you can just see that LED strip lighting channel concealed in your joinery or perhaps included in the walls of your stair void or around the edge of your deck to add drama in the evenings. Then I really encourage you to check out Kiko LED and that's Kiko K-I-I-K-O. Now, previously, this level of customization and design for lighting solutions, it was only accessible to those in the trade. And Kiko instead brings custom linear LED to you from their headquarters in Brisbane, Australia. And it's all able to be ordered online via the Kiko website. So you pick your design, you pick your length, you pick your LED light type. If you need help with designing your LED strip lighting solution, you can always jump on the phone or email one of their team as well. And I've been able to organize with Kiko a fantastic UA community only offer. So if you head to their website at www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect, you'll be able to access a $25 discount to use on your first order. And that link will be in the show notes as well. So pricing starts at $95 per lineal meter plus shipping. So it's great quality, really affordable product that can really offer that lighting design edge that you may be looking for to make your new home or renovation project feel great. Now let's get on with the episode. Now, I speak to hundreds and hundreds of homeowners through Undercover Architect, and many of them tell me their fears around finding their team and especially in finding their designer and builder. And if this is where you're at in your project, these fears may sound familiar to you. There's the fear of actually admitting that you don't really know what you're doing and that by doing that, you'll be giving anyone that you speak to license to rip you off and to take advantage of that lack of knowledge. There's also the fear of telling them your budget honestly and giving them the accurate amount and then showing all of your cards in one hit and potentially losing any competitive edge or bargaining advantage that you might have had. 
there's a fear of having a great first meeting and then not being able to be confident or sure whether that performance will be consistent and continue throughout. You know, there's that suspicion that if something's too good to be true, it usually is. And then there's also a fear of being misled in those early conversations, of not knowing whether you're just simply getting bad advice or whether you're making decisions that are the best interest of your home and your project. Now, I'll tell you that all of those fears, they're very real, they're very justified and they're totally understandable, okay? They're not necessarily always based in truth, but they are real fears. Another thing that homeowners tell me that they're wary about is when builders or any other potential tradespeople or other professionals that they're looking to work with, when they actually ask them over the phone, look, what, what's your budget, before agreeing to come out and look at their project and meet with them. And homeowners would think that the builder, for example, is, is just checking first and then they'll offer a solution and a price that just meets that budget. You know, they won't care whether it could be less than that or not. I mean, if you've told them your budget, then why would they offer to do it for less when you've already let them know, you know, how much you've got to spend? And, you know, homeowners tell me that they get really annoyed with builders or tradespeople asking about budgets first, and they'll even potentially not bother continuing the conversation with somebody who's asked about their budget. So let me just share this from the builder's point of view so that you can understand it a bit differently. It's still very rare for a builder to charge to prepare a quote for you, all right? There are some builders who are now doing it, and they're charging a fee to prepare a detailed quote, but most builders don't. And Preparing quotes is actually a really lengthy and time-consuming process to undertake when it's done properly because what it involves is actually hours and hours of reviewing your drawings and your information, of sending your drawings and information out to other subcontractors, to suppliers, to get good information about how, you know, the quantity of materials that it'll take, the cost of those materials, the labour that it will take, and for them to then get all of that information back and collate it all and for it to be reliable, you know, you want them to do it properly and that's a really time-consuming process. So when a builder actually asks you your budget first over the phone, what they're actually doing is seeking to get clarity about how far along your process you are, whether your project fits their normal way of doing things and the types of projects that they do, and whether your brief and your budget actually align, or whether you're just not ready or you're even just tire-kicking and you're just wanting them to do this work for free, but you're really not going to make a decision for another six or 12 months time, by which stage prices have moved, you've potentially forgotten about them altogether. This may sound harsh, but I'd like you to have some responsibility and some accountability here because, you know, not all builders are rip-off merchants and hiding your budget, it's not a strategy that you should use to make them jump through a bunch of hoops in order to prove themselves to you. It's actually a really bad way to start a working relationship. Trust me, I know that there are builders out there who will stuff you around, who will give you false information and who will seek to rip you off, you know, but that's that's why you're listening to this podcast, to learn how to avoid getting one like that on your project and how to even avoid picking up the phone to one of those kinds of builders in the first place. And it's why I spend so much time in Undercover Architect teaching you what to look for and how to ask questions so that you can feel more confident and empowered in your choices. Now, I remember personally going on maternity leave with my eldest and he's now he's now 10. So this is a while ago, but I'd been working as a project architect at Mervac. Uh, on big residential developments and I was on site every week and I was speaking with builders and tradespeople 
I was being listened to, I was being involved in seeing my designs get built, you know, being part of the decision-making process around that on site. And at the same time, we were also kicking off our second renovation. And, you know, so my son was born and hubby headed back to work and I was dealing with tradespeople who were helping with various things around the home as we were getting this project going. And to them, they had no idea why I was an architect. They, you know, they'd turn up to site and they'd have no idea when they first met me. And they simply just saw me and how they treated me first was that, was that they just saw me as a mum with a baby on her hip. And oh my gosh, I was treated differently uh, to what I'd previously experienced in my work as an architect. You know, I was told ridiculous things about what was possible and what wasn't possible. And, you know, I was given some really great advice, but I was also given equally horrible advice in the process. And it was the first time in my career that I'd got an insight into how it is for you as the homeowner and somebody outside the industry. And it was eye-opening for me. It really showed me how important it is for you to be able to ask loads of questions and to have some help and support in knowing what to look for what questions to ask, and how to check the credentials of these people that you're speaking to at the beginning of uh, getting your project going. And it also showed me how essential your team is when you're building or renovating your home. Because as you get good people, those good key team members on your project at the very beginning, then you can generally build the rest of your team with equally great people, just purely through their networks and through their help and support. So let's talk for a moment about the importance of your team and how they should ideally feel as a fit for you and your project. So ultimately, you want to feel like the members of your team, be it the designers or the builders or any other professionals or consultants that you're using, you want to feel like they understand you, that they really get what you're trying to achieve and what you're seeking for your home. You want to feel that they fill the knowledge and experience gap that you have, that you actually feel that they support you that they're anticipating your needs and that they're being proactive, that they're laying out a, a map in front of you of where you need to go. You want to feel that they can read between the lines of what you're asking for, that they'll actually go beyond your brief and they'll help, you know, with that experience and that knowledge that they have, that they'll deliver things that you didn't even know that you needed to ask for yet because their experience helps fill in those that, that for you. And you also want to feel like that they're bringing into alignment your dreams and your vision and your needs for your home with how much you want to spend on it and that you can trust them and that you can communicate with them openly and honestly and that they'll take on board your feedback. Now ultimately whether it's a builder or it's a designer or it's another professional this is how a good fit should feel and it's how it should be established in any project. And so the two main team members that really can seem to create or, or kill the success of a renovation or a new build project, they're usually the designer and the builder. And, you know, to be honest, it's not limited to them, but those two can certainly be the clincher in any project and how well it goes. And in my experience, these are the two professionals that really seem to hold the hopes and dreams of their clients in their hands, and they can cause huge amounts of stress and budget blowouts when it doesn't go right. Or on the flip side, they can actually be the team members that facilitate awesome outcomes for their clients and really help them create homes that they love to live in. So let's take a look at both of these professionals, the designers and the builders, and I'll share what goes wrong when you don't choose well and what it should look like when it goes right. And I'll give you tips for how to speak with them in those first conversations when you're on the hunt for yours. 
I think that when you can understand what can go wrong and what it looks like when you do get it right, that can really help you be more alert and aware in your search for your team at the outset of your project. So let's first talk about finding the right designer for you. In terms of what can go wrong when you're choosing your designer, I've got three things that can happen. The first is that you'll just not be able to communicate with them or be on the same page. And, you know, this can be extreme at that very first meeting, literally like you're speaking a different language from each other and you just can't kind of get to the same place. Or it can be far more subtle and take a lot, you know, a little longer to reveal itself. And it can become evident, especially as the design process itself unfolds and things just aren't progressing like you anticipated they would. And this leads me on to the second thing that can go wrong. And so this is when it can take a really long time to reach a design resolution for your project. So now you as the client, you need to have some accountability in this because, you know, part of your responsibilities are creating a really great brief and really working either, you know, before you meet your designer or with your designer to get clarity in your own personal wishes for your home. You know, that's part of you getting ready for your, you know, for for the work with your designer you changing your mind throughout the process and uh, you know that's not conducive to a great working relationship you know but if you've created a really clear brief and you've kept on track with your thoughts and your ideas along the way and you've also provided honest feedback about how well or not well things are going but you're still not getting to a resolution then you know things aren't going too well The third thing that can happen when you choose the wrong designer is that they'll overspend your budget and your timelines. So of course this can happen in the design just actually taking forever to reach an outcome and it can also happen in the designer's inability to deliver a design that meets your budget. Now again you need to have some accountability as the homeowner in this because if your budget is not sufficient for your aspirations for your home and your designer keeps letting you know that you know what you're asking for is not meeting your budget and you keep asking for it anyway and you keep pushing back and telling them not to worry and just to keep going then that's one thing okay however i you know i sadly often hear from homeowners that their designer never mentioned the budget and it was never part of the conversation until they found that they'd completely blown it. So it's worth understanding here that your designer, they'll not be your costing expert on your team and it's a misunderstanding I see a lot of homeowners have. You know, designers definitely can and should give you costing feedback and help you understand how your brief and your budget align. But remember, it's going to be based on their experience of the projects that they've done previously and historical data okay so you know that may or may not be relevant to you and your project based on how similar your project is to the work that they've done previously and to the work that they always do so you'll need other professionals to provide you with accurate cost estimates and information for your project along the way but your designer will definitely be the one who can assist in this happening and in keeping you informed about how things are tracking against your budget and also in giving you feedback when your wishes are extending your home over your budget, okay? They should be helping you proactively work through that process and guiding you and giving you feedback about how that information all gets pulled together as you move through your design. What actually goes wrong is when the designer just doesn't make budget part of the conversation, either in starting their work with you or in developing the design as it goes and in in helping you along the way, okay? Budget should be a core part of the conversation the whole way through your project. 
Now that that sounds like a horrible lineup of of uh, of designer gone wrong incidents, doesn't it? So let's actually have a look at what happens and what it looks like when it does go right, when you choose the right designer for you, because this is your aim in finding your designer for your project. So the first thing that will happen when you get it right in choosing your designer is that the whole process will be much simpler. You know, you'll actually feel like they're patiently spelling out the process to you and that they're stepping you through it in a way that helps you feel confident that they've got it sorted, that they've, you know, got loads of experience in it, done it a million times before, and that you're in good hands, that you have an ally in navigating the project overall really simply. The second thing that will happen is that the process will actually be more efficient overall as a result too. So when you found a designer who's a great fit and you'll be on the same page about your design aims, you know, you generally then arrive at solutions pretty quickly and you'll see your ideas coming to life in your drawings, but even better than you imagine them to be. And you'll get this buzz that comes with momentum and with progress. You'll be accessing their networks to find other professionals as well, and that will help you find reliable people to add to your team along the way. The third thing that happens when you get it right in choosing your designer is that you'll have more certainty around cost and time. So an experienced designer will let you know very early in working with them, especially at the point of actually preparing your fee proposal for your project. You know, they'll let you know just what's involved in working with them, the systems and processes that they use, how long you can expect things to take, you know, what your responsibilities are, who else you might need on your team and whether the designer will help you find them, what their work methods look like as a designer and, you know, what you can expect from them at each stage of your design process and what happens if you want to actually stop working with them and you want to terminate the agreement at any point, when you'll have to pay along the way and how much you'll have to pay and an idea of the overall timeline for the delivery of your project. You know, that sounds like a lot of detail, doesn't it? But that's what a good fee proposal looks like. It has a lot of detail in it and it really lays out what you can expect from working with them. Now, you know, that sounds amazing and it is possible, okay? For every horrible story that I've heard about homeowners finding designers that just didn't weren't a good fit for them and didn't do a great job, I've heard far more examples of where designers where it just really was great, you know, they really got it right. And, you know, of designers and clients creating this fantastic collaborative team that worked together to create a really great outcome for their home. So what are my tips to achieve this on your project, especially in having those early conversations and in trying to work out whether you can trust this person and whether they're the designer for you and also wanting to protect some of your privacy and your competitive advantage in the situation. So I've got three tips for you. Now, tip number one is to speak about your budget in ranges. If you don't feel comfortable telling them what your exact budget is to the dollar amount, then tell them generally. You know, for a designer, a budget is a very important part of understanding you and your project and also creating a fee for your work. So, you know, you could say that it's mid 600000 or you could say that it's around $350,000 or it's in the high $800,000 range. You know, if you don't want to tell them exactly, just giving them a range will be enough for them to give you feedback and also to get an understanding of your project needs. Tip number two is to let them know if that budget needs to include all the consultant fees and application fees as well, you know, or whether it's just a construction budget. For most designers, when they hear a budget, 
they'll hear it as a construction budget, okay? So you need to be clear if it's if that amount of money you're talking about is the one bucket of money that's got to pay for everything because then the designer can work out your construction budget and they can back out the fees and the application fees and they can back out GST and all those types of things to understand what your construction budget actually is. Now, tip number three is to look at designers who are a good fit for your needs and who have demonstrated experience on similar projects of similar scales and similar budgets. You know, you wouldn't ask the architect or designer who had designed the five-storey waterfront home, you know, to design your granny flat for your backyard unless they also had a raft of granny flats in their portfolio. Ask them the pro- the budgets of the projects too that they've been working on recently so you can gauge if their existing work is a good fit for how what you're envisaging for your project. Now, I've got a fair few more blogs on the website about this topic in more detail, including the difference between architects and building designers and draftspeople and also what to take to your first meeting with your designer. So I'm going to pop those links in the show notes so you can check them out. Now let's move on to builders and how to choose yours. So the builder is really the bridge between your dreams and the finished constructed new home or renovation, you know, between all that hard work in saving and planning and preparing and designing and all of the work that you'll do in the lead up to actually it being the finished constructed home that you can move back into. Now, There's loads that can go wrong, obviously, when you don't get it right in choosing your builder. And again, I've got three things to share with you. Now, the first thing that can go wrong uh, is that homeowners expect their builders to be designers as well. Now, some builders do have design abilities and qualifications, and also some builders have designers on their team or that they work closely with to assist their clients in the design process. However, more often than not, what I hear homeowners saying to me is that the builder told us that they'd be able to help us design it, and you know they th- we thought that they'd be able to help, but all they're really doing is drawing up what we're asking for, and we were really hoping for more help than that. So check out what design credentials and experience and assistance your builder can provide before you actually trust them with the design of your project as well as the construction of it. The second thing that can go wrong is in communication breakdowns. So in fact, communication breakdowns, uh, they're, they're at the core of loads of litigation when it comes to working with builders. And when it goes wrong, it can just go terribly wrong. And it's it's not even that there'll be that kind of aggressive uh, confrontation or the arguments that you might see on television and people storming around and, you know, thumping fists against walls and things like that. It's actually that communication can just stop. You just can't get any information back from the person that you're paying to build your home or renovation and that you can feel completely shut out of what's going on in your project and how your money is being spent and what type of things are happening in the build or the renovation, what kind of quality of work you're getting, you know, who's doing it and even worse, not even knowing when it's going to be done with, when they're going to be finished, when you can have your home back and when you can move out, when you can move back in. Now, the third and most obvious thing that can go wrong when you don't choose your builder well is in the management and quality of the job. So this is where costs will run away from you and time will run away from you. There's a lack of proactive management of poor quality work. 
things getting missed in the construction, you know, and site being stressful and expensive. And the trust breaks down and you're unsure if you're actually getting what you wanted and what you paid for. And you feel that you have to second guess everything that's being built and every bill that is being sent to you. Now, none of that sounds great, does it? It actually sounds really horrible. And no one is immune. You know, I remember recently following an Instagram account of somebody that was building with, they were nearing the completion of their home with a project builder. And it was with a very well-known project home builder, actually. And it was a nightmare. You know, there were whole walls that were having to be demolished and rebuilt. There was defect inspection after defect inspection. And it was all being diarised on this Instagram account, as well as the difficulty that these homeowners were having in actually getting the builders back to site to finish off this work. And you know, you could see how terrible the quality of work was. And this was a builder, you know, doing hundreds and hundreds of homes around Australia every year. And you'd think that they had enough experience and practice in getting it right. And this was just not the case in this example. So like I said, the builder is the bridge between your dreams and your design and your investment and the finished home. So you do really want to choose them well. So let's have a look at what it looks like when you do get it right in this area, because there's some really telltale signs. So the first sign is that a builder will, right from the very first meeting, you know, before you've even signed them on, that they'll be polite and they'll be efficient and they'll be organized. So they'll be able to share with you what their systems and processes are for running their projects. They'll, you know, how they'll work with you to keep you informed and keep your project on track. You know, even if they're a one-man operation who only does a few homes per year and works from a home office, you know, they can still be organized and well presented and not be running everything from a pile of paper in their glove box. The second thing that will happen when you get it right is that site is a great place to be, okay? Even the firmest of builders, you know, who expects a lot from their team, they'll be good leaders and they'll be proactive in managing their site really well. They'll have established relationships with tradespeople and subcontractors that they use regularly and they'll let you know who will be your main point of contact and uh, what the protocol is for you to be able to visit site, how regularly, you know, you'll come, how regularly you'll meet with them and who you should speak to if you've got any concerns or questions. The third thing is definitely their communication skills. So, you know, they'll have great communication skills from that very first meeting and, you know, they'll contact you when they say they'll contact you. They'll follow up when they say they will. They'll be honest and open and patient and informative. I will say this, though. One thing that I see homeowners make the mistake of is that they feel they really need to become super friendly and social with their builder in order for it to be, you know, the best kind of relationship. And that's just not really the case. You can respect someone professionally and know that they're going to do a great job and be able to communicate clearly and openly with them and be on the same wavelength as them and it not need to be super social. You know, I talk about the barbecue test uh, with members of my online program, Your Reno Roadmap, and but this barbecue test, it's not the test that they'd be mates with you hanging out at your you know, weekend barbecue. It's actually that if you got stuck in a corner with them at a friend's barbecue, that you'd be able to carry out a friendly and a reasonable conversation with them because you essentially talk the same language and you've got few things in common. You know, because sometimes what I say happen is that homeowners, they'll become super friendly with their builders and they'll choose a builder based on the person that feels like could be actually be a great mate. And then they'll actually struggle to give them honest feedback or to have difficult conversations with them when they're not happy. 
you know, when it's your home, it's pretty loaded with emotions and you're dealing with individuals on a person to person basis and it can feel really personal, but it's ultimately not okay. And it's worth recognizing this. It may be personal to you, but it's, it's a company that you're dealing with in terms of the builder and it's other companies that you're dealing with in terms of tradespeople and suppliers and those types of things. And, you know, realizing that you don't have to be buddy, buddy with your builder or your designer to know that you can communicate openly and honestly with them is a really valuable kind of mindset to have up front when you're looking for somebody to work with. So my tips in finding the right builder for you and in having those first conversations, again, I've got three tips for you to have a think about. Now, tip number one is just to review your language when you acknowledge your inexperience. So rather than saying, you know, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, perhaps explain where you feel that you need support. So it may not be that I have absolutely no idea. It it might be instead, this is the first time we've done this. And so we're really keen to get it right and to not overspend our budget and to have people we work with that we can really trust to do a great job for us. You can see how those things sound entirely different. And, you know, if you feel like you're about to ask a silly question, then just say, look, this may be a silly question. You know, you're not supposed to know, okay? You're supposed to be getting guidance from the people that you're seeking help from and how they treat you in those moments where you're being vulnerable about your lack of knowledge. You know, that is a great sign of what they'll be like to work with long-term. My tip number two is to check their previous projects and to speak to previous clients if you can. In my experience, you know, the good builders will actually be able to show you sites that they've worked on and they'll be able to introduce you to previous clients. So look at the type of work that they've done, the detailing, the size of the projects, you know, whether they're similar to what you're planning and to your housing type and to your site conditions. My third and last tip is to always, and I mean always, do your homework in checking the paperwork, okay? Check their licenses, their references, their insurances. Don't just simply trust it will be okay. Don't just get, you know, sort of run away with the excitement and the anticipation of getting your project done. Always check the licenses and with the industry bodies, and check all of their backgrounds, okay? Now, again, I've got blogs on this topic, so I'll include links in the show notes for you so that you can go in there and check them out. Now, when it does go well with your designer, and it can, okay, your reno or your new home project can actually be enjoyable. You know, even when unexpected challenges come up, having the right team around you can make those experiences so much simpler to tackle. And using your team to carry you, to support you, and to share your journey can help you feel confident that all of the effort and the time and the money that you've invested will actually deliver the home and the lifestyle that you're hoping for. Now, my last big tip for you, okay, whenever you're having those initial conversations with potential designers or builders, don't worry or focus so much on what you're saying. Don't worry about looking foolish or not knowing what to say, okay? Watch them instead. Put your focus on them. How are you being listened to? Do you feel like they're being generous with their support and their help? Are they being kind? Are they seeking to inform you and to explain things to you? Are they checking that you actually understand what they're talking about? Are they enabling you to feel more confident about them and how they can help you on your project? Are they letting you know whether your wishes are realistic for what you want to spend? 
Do you feel that they're meeting you where you're at and that they're helping you understand more about the journey ahead? Look, I've had my own personal experiences of choosing the wrong tradespeople for our own projects. And, you know, even at the outset, my intuition or my gut, (laughs) it was giving me signals, you know, great big whopping red flags that I actually chose not to see just because the price was right. And, you know, we were so desperate to get the work done at the time. Keep your eyes open. Don't fall into that trap. Watch the red flags and the signals that are telling you whether you're getting it wrong or right in choosing your designer or your builder. And then back up your intuition with research of their experience and their credentials. You know, this should take some time and it should take some effort on your part because it's your home and it's usually a big investment of energy, time and money and it's important, okay? So be patient and focus on choosing the right team members for you. Now, in the next episode of this season, I'm going to be sharing what to do when you realize that your budget is unrealistic, okay? I've got some tips to help you if and when this happens on your project. And before we go, don't forget to jump on the website and use the link www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect. And you can grab your $25 discount that's just for the UA community. Check out the Kiko 6 whilst you're there. I love this fixture. It's one that can go into a corner and then has a curved diffuser on it to light downwards and outwards. So it's great to use as task lighting over a desk or a similar work surface, but I can also see you having some fun with it, say as a feature cornice in your home. So a light strip that's actually between the ceiling and the walls, or even in the corner of a room running vertically, or say even running up the corner of a stair void and being capped at either end. I could see you could have lots of fun with this strip of light that just is neatly uh, snug and detailed into the corner somewhere in your home. So head to the Kiko website with the forward slash undercover architect address and that will be in the show notes as well and you can grab your $25 discount, okay? And I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and of videos too covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. (laughs) I know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, podcast.